Hello and welcome to the Zero PM podcast. This is a podcast where we're going to talk about protecting the environment and human health from pollution caused by persistent and mobile substances. Zero PM is going to prevent, prioritise and remove these substances from the environment. Zero PM is a research and innovation project funded by the European Union's Horizon 2020 programme. For today, I'm your host, Sarah Hale. I'm also the coordinator of the Zero PM project. It's a really exciting new project, and I'm very excited to be making the first Zero PM podcast. Joining me today is the deputy coordinator of Zero PM, Hans-Peter Arp. Hi, Hans-Peter, how are you doing? Hi, Sarah. Fantastic to be here. I'm excited as well. So in this first podcast, what we actually want to tell you about is Zero PM, the project, its background, why it's really important, and the things that we are going to actually do within the research. So this is our first podcast, but there's going to be lots of good shows ahead. We're having interesting guests. We're going to be talking about lots of different topics, but we'll go into more details at the end of the show. Now we're going to introduce the project Zero PM. So Hans-Peter and I are going to kind of interview each other and talk about the origins of the project, its objectives. So Hans-Peter, let's set this up as a challenge. I'm going to ask you some questions. You're going to ask me some questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I got them all written down. So um, yeah, <laughs> we'll cheating. go into the... <laughs> well, I had to prepare a little bit. Um, so yeah, so the first question is from me. It's just to set the stage. Um, so we say 0 p.m. It's about zero pollution, finding solutions. But maybe we should first introduce the pollution problem. So just explain to our audience, our I assume our very broad audience, what is a persistent and mobile substance and specifically why is it a threat to, to water resources? Okay, okay, I can manage this one. Well, basically, you know, the chemical industry, they produce lots of different chemicals uh, and we need these chemicals. So this is, this is not a bad thing by any means. But as they get produced and we use them, then they kind of get into the environment. And the problem with the substances that we're looking at in 0PM, these are the persistent and mobile substances, is that persistency, that means that they are in the environment for a long time, they don't biodegrade, and their mobility means that they can move long distances with water. So they get transported basically through the environment, and when they get to the water treatment plants, they are not removed. So they end up basically going through the treatment plants and they get into our drinking water. And then, of course, that means that they get into us. So that's the PM substances that we're going to look at. But Hans-Peter, I know that you've worked with persistent and mobile substances for quite a while now. But why do you think that they've become such a large issue? Okay, you know, thanks, Sarah. And that was that was a great answer, by the way. I'll I'll try to give you a good answer to your question. Yeah, so I I've I've been working with them around 2015 and 16, and they they and 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 they popped on my radar because there was this general concern about from water producers or drinking water producers across Europe that they were spotting more frequently these new types of uh, persistent and mobile chemicals. In their water and it was become a big issue because as you just mentioned they're difficult to clean from drinking water so they had to invest more money uh, to drinking water plants to be able to remove them and then it's a concern who's paying for this because it's not always clear where the pollution's coming from because as you said they're mobile so 
and, and they could be coming from multiple sources. And so it's not really clear who's going to pay for that more expensive uh, drinking water. And so there is, for instance, uh, one European-wide organization called OIRO, which is the trade organization of all the European uh, water producers, private and public. And they wanted want industry to step up and try to stop emitting these substances and also for regulation to step up and come up with new regulations around persistent immobile substances. And on a related note, there's also been an increasing number of, of lawsuits. Uh, one of the most famous examples was in this movie, Dark Waters in America, about PFAS pollution in Parkersburg, West Virginia. It's a good film. I've seen that film. It's, it's better than The Avengers. <laughs> and um, uh, and then there's been also here in Europe, there's been there's been lawsuits in Ronneby, Sweden and Uppsala, Sweden and Flanders in Belgium. And even even here, uh, we're based in Oslo, Norway. And I was involved in a case where um, there was a likely polluter of a, a PFAS substances, uh, which is a type of persistent immobile substance. And um, they 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 said, hey, you guys got to clean for paying this up. And they said, you can't prove it comes from us because PFAS can come from anywhere. And and I think just because of that, it makes it really legally challenging sometimes. So this is so they're very problematic substances from a legal context, but also from a health context. So this is why we need to to get action. And, and just because there's been these legal actions and water companies complaining uh, regulators uh, and have stepped up, and so as a research community, which we are a part of. So that's my my answer. <laughs> so back to you. My question to you, Sarah. Maybe you could just give an overview of um, what's been going on in Europe recently, maybe from the regulatory side, um, to address these persistent and mobile substances. Well, there's actually a lot happening at the moment, but maybe maybe I can pick back up on the PFAS. Um, these are per and polyfluoroalkyl substances for anybody who's not sure what that stands for. And at the moment, specifically, there's a quite large push for these to be restricted, a broad restriction, which means that all PFAS should be um, basically not used by 2024 unless their use is essential. Mm, essential? Well, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously it for <laughs> that's it for discussion. You probably define essential different to how I define essential. But the regulators, obviously, they need to come to a conclusion of what they define as essential. And we can probably look towards the Montreal Protocol, because this was to do with um, the use of ozone depleting substances. But basically, within that protocol, uh, for something to be essential, their use had to be proven to be necessary for health, safety, or critical for the functioning of society. And in addition, it stated that there's no available technical and economically feasible alternatives. So this is probably where the regulators are going to draw their inspiration. And Europe's really been taking the lead here. Uh, there's lots of different conversations on how they're going to do these things and how they're going to define essential use in regulatory terms. But that's what's happening for PFAS. So Hans-Peter, maybe you can tell me a bit about what's happening in the other chemical regulations, because there's lots now going on, I've heard, um, with the EU Green Deal. Okay, I, I can do that, but I think you're just uh, you're just throwing that question back at me to fin help finish it. But that's that's fine. That's that that's allowed. That's allowed. You answered some things. I'll do the rest. Okay. 
Um, um, so yeah, so other things that have been going on in Europe, um, one thing that we have been working a lot on, Sarah, you and I, and with the German Environmental Agency, was developing a, a definition of like a scientific, but also more importantly, regulatory definition of what is a persistent and mobile substance. And, and they came up with two new categories called PMT, which means persistent, mobile, and also toxic. And the other category is VPVM, which stands for very persistent and very mobile. And they wanted to introduce this criteria into the REACH regulation. And what REACH is, is if you have a company that makes or buys chemicals, if you ever buy it in volumes of one ton or larger, or, or make them, you have to now register this chemical and, and a lot of uh, information about it. And they the, the idea was that you also have to see if your chemical that you're buying or making is a PMT or VPVM uh, substance. And so that's one thing, and we'll probably um, go into that uh, later, but I can just say that uh, even without this definition, this category has also been already introduced in European regulations uh, by something they call the equivalent level of concern to other hazardous substances. And these other hazardous substances that they say PMT chemicals are similar to are called PBT, which means persistent bioaccumulative and toxic, and very persistent and very cumulative. That's the VPVB. And they say they're equivalent because these are chemicals that are persistent, they are toxic, um, and, and will increase in the environment if there is no um, uh, change in emissions. And also that, therefore, the increasing numbers of people in, in, in the environment or animals in the environment will be exposed to them because of, of these properties. The only difference was bioaccumulative compounds. They're, they're more commonly associated with the food chain and these, and these uh, mobile compounds are associated with drinking water. But so, and so there's been already some chemicals that have been um, considered what they call substances of very high concern, which means that the European government can start to act restrictions on them because of the RPMT or VPVM. And these included two of these PFAS substances you talked about. One is called GenX um, and another one is called PFBS. And there's also other substances like uh, 1,4-dioxane. Um, that's been one thing, but I'll just go to the next big thing. And that was uh, after this uh, criteria that the German was German Environment Agency was developing. This has been moved up towards the European Commission, and they're looking also at taking this PMTVPVM criteria and, and including this in more legislation. And this includes the uh, CLP legislation, which is classification, labeling, and packaging of substance. And this is even more overarching than reach, because this just means if you want to put a chemical basically on the market that's not a pharmaceutical, you have to do some hazard assessment. And they're thinking that PMT VPVM now should be included in this. And this is one of the many new things European, the European Union is doing as part of the European uh, Union's Green Deal, and specifically their chemical strategy for sustainability. So it's really exciting times for, for those of us interested in chemical safety and regulatory development. But I think I talked long enough and I answered that question. So, um, 
But um, maybe now that we've, I think, given all the background information, let's uh, talk about specifically what we want to do in 0pm in our research project. Sarah? Okay, I can do that. As the coordinator, this is definitely something that I should know about. <laughs> but the one thing I can say just before before I tell everybody a bit more about 0pm is it seems like lots of these things are going to be decided quite soon. And that's really good because, you know, this is a fast moving area. The policy changes all the time. But it's good to get some clarity as soon as possible because it helps everybody move forward. So when we were designing 0pm, we really funded the project in the Chemical Strategy for Sustainability. And we want to try and make sure that we allow those ambitions that are written down in that document to become an on-ground reality. So Zero PM, we already said it's funded by the European Union's Horizon 2020 programme. It's a research and innovation action, and it's going to run from October 2021 for five years. So we've got some very busy days ahead of us now until October 2026. And the partners in Zero PM, first of all, they're quite a few. There's 15 partners involved and they have very diverse backgrounds. And this is because we know that we need to interlink different strategies to be able to make these things happen. So what we're going to do in Zero PM is we are interlinking prevention, prioritisation and removal strategies to protect the environment and human health from these persistent and mobile substances. So those three words are really key going forwards, prevent, prioritise and remove. But Hans-Peter, maybe you can tell us then why we wanted to emphasise these three different pillars uh, and why we need to actually look at them simultaneously. One, one aspect is that they're, all, they're generally looked at by different people, um, different stakeholders. So just going backwards, like, I mean, if you're talking about removal, you're talking about the water treatment um, the drinking water producers, they're, they're interested in, in removal or site remediators or, or local municipalities. They're interested in the removal, but this is a completely different than the people that might be involved with, for instance, uh, prevention, which would be, um, and when we talk about prevention, we talk about uh, preventing these chemicals from being emitted or even made in, by substituting them to safer chemicals and this and and these groups of stakeholders would be the chemical producers uh, chemical regulations which might not necessarily communicate and with the water regulations that's kind of, sometimes it's two different spheres of regulators or I, I should say it often is and um and then in the middle we got the um, uh, prioritization uh, scheme and this is people who do things like uh, risk assessment or environmental um, research, uh, like, like Sarah and myself, so we can prioritize what are the, uh, posing the biggest risk. And these are three different uh, communities that have to um, speak with each other. And the prioritization is kind of in between the prevention and the removal group. And, um, and, and why we, some of the reasons why we think it's also important to do this is to avoid two things that have been happening wrongly with how we've been approaching uh, chemicals in the environment before. And one is called regrettable substitution, and the other is called regrettable remediation. And when I say regrettable substitution, that is when we take one hazardous chemical off the market because of chemical regulations, but then in their place, 
put chemicals that are as equally hazardous. And there's been several examples of this. Uh, you might have heard of uh, bisphenol A. That's not a PMT substance, but it's been replaced with other bisphenols that have been are, are considered to be as equally hazardous because they're endocrine disrupting. And in the PMT world, as we've seen this, when they just have been substituting one PFAS for other PFAS, uh, so uh, which which is uh, as equally hazardous or problematic. So that's why we want to avoid that um, and uh, using this integrated approach. And it's also part of the motivation why European Union now, with this example, wants to get rid of all PFAS. And regrettable, regrettable remediation, that is when um, we put uh, more resources into a remediation project than we actually um, should. Because sometimes the remediation of the environment can cause uh, more damage than the chemical itself. And uh, one concern that I'm thinking in, in this context of the PMT substance, is that some of the technology that's being developed uh, to remove um, PMT substances is extremely um, energy and cost uh, intensive. And so we could end up with a, state, a consideration of, yes, we can keep drinking water clean locally, but will this be contributing substantially to, for instance, climate change or CO2 emissions because of the extreme energy and material costs in order to do that. So this is what we want to avoid. And we think the common thread here is that if we get or go towards zero pollution of PM substances, we won't have to worry about regrettable substitution or regrettable remediation. So we just see this all, as all interlinked. It's all the same problem from different stakeholders. Okay, but um, yeah, so that was that, that's why we entered like uh, prevention, prioritization and removal. But um, but I think uh, I think that's good enough, Sarah, for our first podcast. I think we covered quite a lot of territory. So, but maybe my question to you is, what's your what's your vision for this podcast, Sarah? What are we going to talk about in in future episodes? So. In our next episodes, we're going to have lots of different things to talk about. Like I said, we have so many different partners who cover lots of different expertise. And we're going to hear about the different work packages that we have within Zero PM. We have a work package looking at alternatives assessment. And there we also include some psychological aspects related to essential use. We have a policy work package where we're going to track what's happening at the moment and see if we can suggest where things could maybe be improved. We have a market transition work package where we're talking very, very strongly to the, the chemical industry to see how they can move towards better substances, not PM substances themselves. We have a work package called substance grouping where we'll look at groups of PM substances. We also have a, a work package that's focused on risk assessment, looking at internal and external exposure. We have a removal work package called Technical Solutions, where we're trying to use novel treatment methods for water and sludge. And in addition, of course, we have all of our stakeholders who are involved in Zero PM. So those people who are really interested in the problems and would also like to contribute to the Zero PM knowledge. So fingers crossed, we have a really good podcast series coming up. Uh, this is exciting stuff, Sarah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. And I'll also say we, we have many resources coming out on our project webpage, which is 0pm.eu. 
So just uh, go onto that webpage and see other things that we're doing, get live updates, get resources. You can find all the updates and you can even subscribe to our newsletter on that website. Um, yeah, so thanks. I think this was good, Sarah. I, I'm out of questions. How about you? <laughs> no, I think that that's everything comes for you. I think people have a taste for the project and now they can tune into our next episodes. So thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you everyone. And uh, shall we sign off? Yes, I think so. Zero p.m. Protecting the environment and human health from persistent and mobile substances. Zero p.m. Zero pollution of persistent and mobile substances. This project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Programme under grant agreement number 1010367.